while you're standing why don't you give my brother my friend prophet Andre the warmest welcome Amen, amen. You may be seated. Are you excited? Wonderful, wonderful. Such a blessing to be here. I want you to know that, so specifically for those that's listening to the, the recording now, that I want you to know that I'll say things here that I don't say anywhere else. And so they have to understand it's because of a relationship. And so I know that when I say certain things and I push you a little bit harder, it's because there's a relationship. And so that's why I say those things here. There's relationship here in this building. And so someone might listen to the recording and feel a little bit offended about certain things. And it's because there's relationship. They know me. Uh, they know my spirit. I know them. And so they know my motive. Okay? Amen. And so I want to thank you for the honor to be here. It's a blessing for me to be here. I want you to know, for me to come here is not work. It's not labor. It's a blessing. You've mentioned in the car yesterday when we spoke, you've mentioned that you have prayed for me to come. But you can ask my wife, I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you for many years. For many years, I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. And so this is a, it's a godly connection. It's relational so everything that happens here is the foundation's relationship. And that's out of that everything flows. Amen? Now, we're speaking about spiritual gifts, and so I'm pushing you a little bit more. And I want you to understand that there's two areas in your life that you'll always be tested. The one is relationships, always. And the second is finances, always. And so we're talking about spiritual things, spiritual gifts, and we have to learn that if we can't be faithful with natural things, how can we be faithful with spiritual things? And so money is the beginning of that. That is something that determines everything. And now I want to push you a little bit further, and I want to say to you that God is not after the things you want to give. He's after the things you don't want to give. That's what he wants. That is what he's after. Because God wants us to be at a place of total surrenderance. Total surrenderance. And there's things in our lives that, that we don't live in a place of surrenderance in the area. Let me try to explain something a little bit deeper to you. People say that when you receive a word, prophetic word, they say it should always confirm what you already know, what God has already said to you. Truth is that it will not always confirm what you already know. If you live a life of surrenderance, it will confirm it. But if you have an area in your life that's not surrendered, and I prophesy into it, you will object it. Because you're not surrendered in that area. And so we can say it will always confirm it. There is times where it will challenge you challenge you. We were in Switzerland and uh, um, there's a prince that's staying there and he took us to his house and showed us all his wealth and very generous man, generous in the community. And it, it took, showed us all of these things with a prophet Ed. 
So we, we went through his house and, and uh, he showed us everything. And it was beautiful, very generous man. Then he took us to a room. And in this room, he has a car that he bought. He placed it inside the room and he built a wall around it. It's inside one of the rooms. It's a Dodge Viper, American car. So he takes us into this room and he says, now I'm going to show you my most precious possession. And he takes us into the room. He says to us, not even my wife come into this room. No one comes here. This is my most precious possession. I'll give anything, but this, I won't, I won't sacrifice this. This is mine. Very generous man. So in the meeting that evening, not me or Prophet Ed, someone else in the meeting, another prophet in the meeting, prophesied to that man that night, and he said that God says he wants that red thing. And so money is not a problem to him. I mean, he's sowing millions to the kingdom. But he's got this one thing that is not surrendered. This one thing that is keeping. He's saying, no, no, God, you can have everything but not this thing. And then what does God say? I want that thing. <laughs> and so God wants to be God of the 90% just as he is God of the 10%. People in Africa think today, they think when they give a 10%, they can bribe God to, to be in control of the 90%. Not what it is. Ten percent is for beginners. It's, that's the beginning. It's, it's where we start. We have to push ourselves harder. My wife is here today, and, and we, when, in our giving, in your giving, you can get stuck into a cycle, a cycle. And so you stay in that place. You give that amount. You give that measure always your entire life. And so it is our goal to break that cycle every year. To push ourselves to a greater measure. To a greater. To push ourselves. Push ourselves. Move. And so I want you to understand when you speak about spiritual things. That there's natural things. There's also. And you can sit here and say well I want all the giftings. I want to function that. But yet in the natural you're unfaithful. There's no condemnation here tonight. No, you need to understand, I'm not condemning anyone. No condemnation. I want to strengthen you to live a life of generosity. Generosity. He says, God says he loves a cheerful liver. And we have to learn to be generous. Generous. Okay? Now, where is the world going to see generosity? They're going to see that amongst God's people. Amongst God's people. And so generosity starts within the church. Within the church. It starts in our offering and it starts with one another. We have a meeting in South Africa and it, we have these outbreakings the whole time. But the last meeting when I left in South Africa, in one meeting, in one meeting they sowed 30 vehicles. And this, this church is smaller than this. 150 people in this church. One meeting. They sowed, sowed, gave away 30 vehicles, two houses, university intuitions. Just the, there's a spirit of generosity that came upon the people. And this is not a rich or a wealthy church. But they became generous to one another. And so I want to encourage you to become generous to one another. To one another. And so God moves where? Among his people. Here. It starts here in this place. And so in the offering, with, yes, but with one another as well. Now, when it comes to our giving, 
you have to understand that your seed is not more blessed in another place. And so today we think when we sow into that name or that international ministry, we think we're going to get a better return. And that's not true. Because this ministry is a vein of the kingdom. That ministry is a vein of the kingdom. It's veins. And so your seed is not more blessed in another place. But God is raising up people within a community, within a nation, to make an impact in that place. And so God doesn't bless you here so you can sow there. He blesses you here. He prospers you here so that you can advance the work of the kingdom here. You with me? You understand that? And so when it comes to kingdom finances or kingdom financiers, you have to know that God blesses his people within here. Geographically, God places you. This church is placed at the right location. This meeting, this is not, this is spirit-led. Right place. And so you're saying, God bless me. Yes, and he's going to bless you, but it's to advance the kingdom here. So I want you to have a kingdom assignment. Most people... When a million shows up in their life, their only vision for that million is to enrich themselves or their family. They don't have a kingdom vision. And so we have resources that's locked up, that's available to us, but it's for kingdom projects. And so every family must have a kingdom project. So what does it mean? I'm not just praying for my family, for my wife, for my children. I'm praying for 10 families. I'm not just trusting God to provide for myself, but to provide in such a measure that I can take care of another 10 families, another 50 families. It's a kingdom vision. And so as soon as you start to have, have a kingdom vision, then God releases kingdom finances. And so those kingdom finances is for that project. And so briefly, just to help you, when we activate kingdom financiers, we teach people to live a circle life. Circle life. A circle life is a closed life. And so here's the principle. Very easy, very simple. I want you to calculate what you need monthly for a vehicle, for rent, for food, for... And I want you to be generous to yourself. Be generous. And as a family, put out this amount and say, God, this is what we need monthly. Be generous to yourself. But then close the circle. And every, every dirham beyond that that comes in belongs to the kingdom. Amen. You don't touch that. That's the kingdom. And so suddenly, because you're living a circle life, God can entrust you with more. Now, it's challenging because as soon as you close that circle, then the money starts coming in. And so it's challenging because eventually there is, there is enough to live a year. And you can say, well, if I just save this, it belongs to the kingdom. And so close your circle. Say, God, this is what we need as a family. Be generous. This is what we need. And every couple of years, you can revisit your circle and, and you can add to it and you can enlarge it as it moves on. But close that circle. Yeah. Say, this is what we trust in God for. But everything beyond that is kingdom finances. Yeah. We don't touch that. It belongs to the kingdom. So kingdom. 
And so God can start to entrust you with more because you have you thinking about more. Listen, every kingdom citizen has the next generation in mind. Kingdom citizens doesn't just think about their own family, their own debt, their own place. They think about the future. They think about the next generation. And so the wealth that I'm talking about is available right now. It's available. It's accessible. But most people, I mean, when a million shows up, it will destroy them because they don't have a vision for it. People say, God, when I get the million, then I'll get a vision. No, it doesn't work that way. God says, what is your vision? What is it? It's okay, but you have to think beyond that. And so start to pray beyond that. Say, God, not just my family. I want to be able to build schools, build churches, set up places. I want to think beyond that. I want to do it. And so people object to this today, and they say, Andre, the gospel is free. And it's true. The gospel is free, but this venue costs money. The aircon costs money. The seats that we're sitting on cost money. The gospel is free. It's free. Listen, bottle, water, water is free. You can go drink from a river, but you like to drink it out of a bottle. It's a bottle that costs money. <laughs> quiet. <laughs> and so don't look at that. We need buildings. We need places. Today it's beautiful when you go through Switzerland because every church in Switzerland, there's a rule that churches are the highest buildings. No building is allowed to be higher than the church. And so today when you go, you see all these towers standing up above all the buildings. And what does it do? It becomes a beacon of hope. People drive around, they see that, they see these places. And so we need those buildings. We need these places. We need it. We can gather this under a tree. It's fine. But people like comfort. We like that. And so the kingdom needs to advance. And so this, this afternoon I'm speaking to kingdom citizens, kingdom financiers. Think beyond yourself, beyond what you want to achieve. There's more than that that's available to us. Now, this ministry, this ministry is good soil. This couple, this couple is good soil. It's good soil. It's good soil. There's nothing, nothing more precious than souls. Nothing. The anointing is the highest commodity there is. Wealth does not break yokes. Fame does not break yokes. The anointing breaks yokes. So what, that, that's what has everlasting, that brings everlasting change, is when people's lives are touched and transformed. So I want you to know your your seed is safe with God. It's safe with Him. It's safe with Him. It's safe with Him. And so God will multiply. That seed will come forth and it will touch people. And this will not end with this generation. We're busy preparing a place for the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. It's kingdom. We're part of a bigger picture, a bigger group right now on earth. Amen. So, thank you, Pastor John, for giving me three more hours, and uh, thank you. That's good. <laughs> so, someone is excited. And so, I want you to know that I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you as a friend. Committed. And so, you are part of our family. Part of our family.
Amen. Come on, give a hand to them, you amazing pastors. Amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. We'll speed up things now. <laughs> so, the previous session, I want to give you the opportunity to ask a couple of questions. And I'm not going to, if you ask a question about something else, we're not going to answer it. So, I'm going to take a couple of questions about what we're speaking about right now, the previous session. And so, we spoke about that God is speaking to us. What is He saying? What is he saying? When are you going to respond? And how are you going to respond? And so we spoke about when are you going to react to the word that God has given you? And so I can prophesy to people, you can prophesy to a person without them even knowing that you're prophesying. Let me tell you, I don't want to use a secret. I just told you there's no secret, so I can't catch you with that one <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but... Every person, every person needs encouragement. Everyone. Everyone needs encouragement. Everyone needs a word of encouragement. And so your focus is to say, God, how can I use me to, be, uh, uh, to bring a word of encouragement to someone? And so you might think, but okay, Andre, how do I deliver that prophetic word day to day? You're standing in the grocery store and there's a lady behind the till and you discern something and you get a word for her. How do, I, how do I give it? And so you can prophesy to that person without even them knowing it. And so you look at the girl at the groceries that's busy ringing up your groceries and you pick up that, that God is restoring her, her marriage. That's what you pick up. And so there's two different ways to approach it. You can say, hi, my name is Andre. I, I'm a prophet. Here's my business card. And, uh, uh, or you can say to her, um, ma'am, you really, I really just see this joy upon your life. And you, when you walk into a place, it just, uh, it, I mean, it just lights up everything. And it flows over to relationships in your life and into your marriage. And everything is just touched by you. Same word, just went in. The word was delivered. So it's speaking to her. And so it's not about saying that, well, okay, uh, here's a word. Are you ready for it? Three to one. You're it. <laughs> just share. Just share that word of encouragement. That word goes in and move. I went to a town in South Africa, Sekunda, and I drove into this town. There's a man that I know don't know him personally, but I, I know of him. And when I drove into the town, Lord gave me a word for him. He said, I want you to go give him this word. And I, I know a couple of people there that's influential. And I phoned one of them. I said, listen, can you get me a meeting with this man? He said, yes, I can quickly set it up. And so I did the things that I wanted to do in the town that day. And I left. And as I drove out of the town, I forgot about it. And so I thought, well, I'll be back uh, in two weeks from then. And, and then I'll just go and see him. And then the next morning, the person who I asked to set up the meeting, he phoned me. He said, the guy passed away last night. The guy that I was supposed to give the word to. So I left it and I felt, I missed it. And it was critical. The word that I was supposed to give to him, he has two sons. And the Lord showed me which son will take over the company. Just detail in that. And so it left them in confusion. And I mean, now his father's dead, and I mean, I didn't get the time to give him the word and that. And so 
I want you to respond. Respond. Don't, don't ex extend it. Don't say, well, I'll do it tomorrow or next week or next month. When God speaks to you, react. Respond. Say, yes, God, I'll do it. I'll go. Make, try to do it that day. I, when I go to bed at night, I try to think throughout the day, what did God say to me? And I make sure I've done everything. Now, don't put any stress on yourself because God doesn't just speak to one person. He speaks to three people about the same thing. How many times have you been in church, in the worship, God speaks to you, and then someone else gets up and they share it? And so God had to use someone else because of your disobedience. No, no. This God speaking to a lot of people. It's just waiting for someone that will, that will respond. So you are not the voice of God or the prophet or the... He's speaking to a lot of people. And so don't put the pressure on you and say, well, I've missed it and it's over and now I'm just... Well, no. Respond. Respond. Be the first one to respond. Go for it. <laughs> Today, people, I, when I minister to people, they say to me, Andre, thank you for the word. You know, you are the third person that's saying this to me. And I think it's encouraging. And I'm thinking... What's wrong with you? How many more people do you need to tell you <laughs> the same thing? <laughs> I mean, until you respond, until you do something, nothing is going to change. Respond to that word. React to it. Amen? Okay. Amen. Let's get into the word. We have a couple of things to get through. Does it help? Does it make sense? Right. Let's read it. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. And uh, this is where the importation starts now. If you wondered. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. Throughout the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, there's been different moves of God on the earth. Every movement of God started with a generation and ended with that generation. Every move, it ended with that generation. So we've seen when a new movement starts that the previous movement always persecutes the next movement. Yeah. <laughs> we've seen it happen. And so we had, I mean, the 50s of the time of the evangelist and teachers in the 60s and it just continued 70s, God restored the shepherds and 80s, the prophetic and things started to be restored. Now, the, I want to say the last move of God that we are experiencing, the last move, the last move is a move where God is restoring the hearts of the fathers and the sons. And so, what God has done in previous generation has to be imparted into the next generation. We cannot start over again. It has to be imparted. And right now, right now, at this hour, I spoke about the shaking yesterday. There's a shaking that's happening. And so we have leaders that's retiring. We have leaders that are dying. We have leaders that are stepping out. This season is ending. And listen to this now. The leaders that will stand up now will be the leaders that will set the rules for the next 40 years. Amen. The leaders that are standing up now, they're the next generation. They are the, the ones that are raising up, that standing up now will set the tone. They'll become, they're becoming the next gatekeepers of the move on earth right now. And so for the next, it'll, it's a season, it's 40 years, 50 years. I don't want to say that they will rule, but spiritually, the boundaries that they set is what will be possible. 
And so with that previous generation, we've tried to do things beyond what they have done, but it's not our time and season. And so that shift takes place, where suddenly the next generation, the next leaders, they start to stand up, and they will govern spiritually the next. Uh, so the next generation of pastors are standing up, next generation of prophets, next generation of leaders are busy arising. Suddenly, and get ready for this on the earth right now, there's suddenly some no names that's standing up. People don't you know, that you don't you know about, have heard about, Suddenly, they're rising up, and they are out, they're outperforming these previous, not in any way dishonoring the previous leaders, but they're outperforming them on every level, on preaching, on gifting, on prophecy, on healing, on every level. They're just a new breed. It's the next season. It's the next season standing up. And so God comes in, so this verse, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, kind of ushers us from the Old Testament into the New Testament, and then he speaks about now it's time for the hearts of the fathers and the sons to be united, both sides. Now, the entire Old Testament represents a king and a servant. Entire Old Testament. King, servant, king, servant. The entire New Testament represents a father and a son. Yes, sir. So, Jesus comes and he portrays that. And that's why I say we do not follow the Old Testament. We don't follow... Elijah, Elisha, Moses, David, Abraham, we don't follow them. We look unto Jesus. We look at his method of ministry, that he, the way he responded. We look at how did he deliver people. His way of ministry. That's what I want to see. People can come today, they can try to teach me about how to do deliverance. No, no, show me how Jesus did it. He set the standard. And this is how he did it. When he came into a room, they left. That, that's his method. That's his method of deliverance. He didn't talk to them. They spoke to him. They said, please, can we leave? He didn't, I, he didn't expose them. They said, we'll go. <laughs> so that's his method. And, and so in, in everything, in healing, we look at his method. What did he do? How did he minister? How did he interact? And so we follow. We look at his lifestyle. And that's, that's our model that we follow in the New Testament. And so the Pharisees, when they speak, they speak about God. When Jesus speaks, he speaks about Father. He comes and portrays that. He says that, that this is, is it, you are one with the Father. He says a couple of things. He says, whatever belongs to the Father belongs to you. He comes and he makes these statements. He teaches us that we're part of a, a family, part of a, a kingdom. And in this kingdom, you're not a servant. You're a son or a daughter. You're part of this kingdom. That's what he comes and portrays. He speaks, he shows that the whole time. In the disciples in the garden, the, he gets ready to fight for him. He says, I'll fight for you. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'm ready to go to prison with you. I'm ready to. And I mean, then he, he takes a shot at the one guy, tries to stab him, but he misses and just cuts off his ear. <laughs> and then Jesus says, no, it's, wait, wait, wait. Don't you know? Don't you know that I have a legion of angels available to me right now? I'm not intimidated by this. So he comes, he shares, he shows us authority. He portrays that through the storm. He, teach, he does these things so that we can learn. He shows it to us. And so we follow him, his method. That's what we, we look into, the way he ministered. Amen?
Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. I like it what the Amplified is saying, Amplified. Amplified says, He is the sole expression of the glory of God. Solely, He is the expression of the glory of God. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. You want to know His heart? Look at Jesus. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. He comes and reveals it. Jesus was relational. He had patience. He had grace. He, had, he says, if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. He comes and portrays Him. It's the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being the outraying of or radiance of the divine. And He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Upholding and maintaining and guiding. And this is the word I want you to remember. Propelling. Propelling. The universe by his mighty word of power. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Okay? Look at the person next to you and say, it is finished. So he came. He brought, he brought restoration. He fought the battle. He won. There's, listen, we're not waiting for a battle to come. The enemy is being defeated. It's not going to be defeated. We're not waiting for some form of standoff between, between God and, and the enemy. No. The son already dealt with him. Do you get what I'm saying? God did not deal with Satan. He sent his son. <laughs> the son already dealt with him. Already. And so... You, when you get saved, the battle ended. It doesn't start. It ended. It's finished. It's done. He sat down. He sat down. And now, at this moment, the only authority that the enemy has in your life, in your family, in your business, in your ministry, is the authority that you give him. He has nothing. Jesus comes, I mean, Adam and Eve lose authority, they give it to Satan, Jesus comes, takes it from him, sits down, gives it to you, and then people hand it back to Satan today. He doesn't have authority. It's done, it is finished, it's over. It's over. Amen? One, who's playing on the keyboard? Where is he? Come play for me, please. We're ending. It's over, it's done. He sat down. It's finished. I'm not going through a battle. Not, I don't experience that. I have people that speak about spiritual attacks on their lives. I don't experience any form of attack. Wow. Nothing. Now, sometimes I sit with, with pastors and I think maybe something's wrong with me. <laughs> because I'm, I'm, not going with, I'm not going through what they're going through. <laughs> God is not trying to see how rough you can take it. It's not, he's, he's a father. That's what he is. And so, he, so his intention is for you to be victorious in every area of your life. It's his intention. Psalms 127, and we're ending with this. Psalms 127. When you read the word, it is either symbolic or literal. You can't read one verse, symbolic, then the second verse, literal. Then third, symbolic. You, 
It's either symbolic or literal. And so in Revelations, Revelations is symbolic. That's what it is. It's not literal. It's symbolic to things. So when you read the word, the first thing that you have to identify, what I read now, is this symbolic or literal? Important. And so as a new believer, I want to encourage you to start with the New Testament. Start with the gospel. Because we don't look at the old. It's important for it to be there, but we don't follow the old. And so as a new believer, if you first expose yourself to David and Elijah and Elisha, start with Jesus. Start with Him, His ministry, His way. Because when you learn their ministry, you're going to have to off-learn it and learn the ministry of Jesus again. And so start with Him. Follow that. Read the Gospels. Begin there. Your life did not begin in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Your life began with Jesus. That's where you... So God said to me that there's three different groups of people. There are those that were born in Egypt. There are those that are born in the desert. And then there are those that are born in the promised land. You are not born in a desert. You're not trying to get into the promised land. You're born in the promised land. That's where you were born. If you are born after Jesus, after the cross, you are born in the promised land. You're not trying to get into the promised land. You're not trying to get to the cross. You're functioning from the cross. That's where you function. You pray from that place. And so it's important, the stuff that we sing, the stuff that we listen to, the stuff that we read, it's important to, to, to be clear what we speak about. Because, I mean, we sing three songs. The one we sing, we're searching for him. The second one is here. And then the third one, he leaves again. <laughs> really? And people have no clue what's happening now. I mean, we don't know where he is now. We're just here now. We just draw near to him. And now <laughs> we have to be clear what we sing, what we say. Because when we sing these things, it, our words is a representation for that. And so Psalms 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the God stands watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for He grants sleep to those He loves. Is this symbolic or literal? Symbolic or literal? It's symbolic. Unless the Lord builds the house. So He's not talking about a physical building. God does not live in the building, in the bricks. He lives in us. It's symbolic. And so if we read this chapter and it starts symbolic, it will continue to be symbolic. And so let's continue to read. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And so the second part is also symbolic. He says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. He's not speaking about natural children here. He's speaking about spiritual children. Okay? And then continues, he says, he says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Africa has lost their identity. Because Africa and India, many places in the world, have absent fathers. So they don't have identity. 
Now, it's bad, but let me tell you what's worse than that is Africa and India don't have fathers, but there's people in the world that have fathers, but they're absent. And so the, there's been an attack upon our identity from the beginning, your identity. Demons are not afraid of you. They're afraid of the revelation that you carry of Christ. That's what they're afraid of. Your identity. They're afraid of your true identity. That's the identity that you have. I mean, <laughs> your family name might be poor, but your identity in Christ is wealthy. That's your true identity. That's who you are. I mean, God looks at the earth right now. He doesn't see Dubai and Africa and India. He sees the kingdom. That's what He sees. That's what God sees. And so, the attack has been our identity. Genesis, God speaks to them. He says, I've created mankind in my image and my likeness. And then two chapters later, the enemy comes and he says, if you eat the tree, then you'll be like God. He just told them that they like him. He just told them that you are in, you created in my image. And then he says, well, work for it. If you do this, then you'll be like him. Identity, attack upon the identity. Jesus in the desert, if you are the son of God, identity, then you'll be able to do that. Works, work for it, work for it. And so the attack is on our identity. He comes and says, your identity is in Christ, but then... Religion comes and says, no, 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 work for it. Labor for it. How can you labor for who you are? That's your identity. So the attack is upon the identity. We're talking about importation right now. So right now, we have arrows. Arrows that's being shot into the ground. We have arrows that are broken. When I shoot an arrow, I don't shoot it backwards. I shoot it forward. So Zanre, my son, is five years old now. So I look at his future. And as a father, it's an arrow. And I'm thinking, I want him to go further than I've been. But those that were supposed to launch you failed. They failed. You were once a quiver. You were once an arrow in the quiver. And they were supposed to fire you. They were supposed to launch you. Fathers failed you. Mothers failed you. Spiritual fathers failed you. Spiritual mothers failed you. Because when the time came when they were supposed to equip you and launch you, they launched you into the ground. We have, we have, <laughs> we have men of God today who have quivers full of arrows. And they're showing people, look at my arrows. Until that arrow is launched, it's not being effective for the kingdom. And so they show of the quiver, they show of the quiver. Look at look at this arrow. Look at this one. Look at this gift. Look at what I have. <laughs> until they launch, until, until they are released. And so this is what you have to understand when it comes to being activated now. Is there was people that were supposed to activate you. They were supposed to launch you. They were supposed to have a kingdom mindset to see you go further than where they have been. I had many spiritual fathers in my life, many spiritual mothers, many people that imparted to me, prophets and prophetesses and throughout my life. But whenever I grew spiritually to the same level that they were, they started to see me as a threat. Got, in, got intimidated. Never my intention to, to I mean, to, I, I, was, I want to learn from them. That was my intention. But then they became intimidated and, they, and then instead of building me, they started to break me down. 
And so I've had many spiritual fathers and mothers that failed. They were supposed to launch me. They didn't. I remember 16 years old, walking to a church. I had a, I had a touch of God, an encounter with God. I just wanted more of God. I didn't know where to go, what to do, where to start. So I went to a pastor, big congregation. I said, listen, sir, help me. I don't know what to do. Just tell me, just whatever. I mean, and I would do anything that he would say at that moment. Just tell me what can I do. So he took me into his church, took me to the stage. He looked at the stage and he says, do you see the stage? I said, yes, I see it. He says to me, you'll never be on this stage. That's what he said to me. I said, I, 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 want, I wanted to know, should I go to Bible school? Should I spray more in tongues? Should I just tell me, I, I want to grow. I'm hungry. And so they failed. They failed. Then I, I, I met a healthy spiritual father. So Prophet Ed, when we got connected, the first event that we did together is we went to a conference. 5,000 people, we're sitting in front. And so after the meeting, I got up, I took his bag. I said, let's go. And he looked at me and says, why, why are you picking up my bag? I said, no reason. I just, oh, I just want to carry it for you. And he looks at me and says, listen, if you pick up that bag, people are going to think in this room that you are my servant. And I want you, I want them to know that you are equal with me. And so I put, put, he says, put down the bag, put it down, walk with me. I want them to see that you can do what I can do. And so for, for the first time, I had a spiritual father, a spiritual father who looked at my life and wasn't intimidated by what I carried. But, but looked at that and because he's kingdom minded. He said, I want to see you go further than I've ever been. That's my plan for you. How can I help? How can I launch you? How can I? I want to see the kingdom move forward. Okay? And so there's a shift that's happening right now where suddenly the sons are becoming fathers. And so this church, I was 16 years old. They, they told me I'll never get to their level. The pastor now is 78 years old. And a year ago, he invited me, called me to his church, walked into the room. He's sitting there with 40 of his pastors. He says, please minister to us. Please help us. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I wanted you to be a father to me and now you want me to be your father. Doesn't make sense. But suddenly there's a shift that's happening. God is saying, it doesn't matter where your natural father or spiritual father's failed, you can still be a father or mother. And God says, don't look at what they have done. You are going to be different. You're going to be different. And so suddenly I had to deal with bitterness because I, when I walked, so the next Sunday I preached for him. So when I walked on that stage, now he can't remember, but I remember. As so I walked on that stage, he, staged it, he said, I'll never be. So I walked on this stage. You see, the thing with God is he has time. And so that door was closed. I mean, there, but then later God opens that door. I'm, I walk onto that, onto that platform and God speaks to me. He says, I want you to be a father now. I want you to be a father. You're not a son. Be a father to them. And so I walk onto that stage and bitterness wants to come in because I remember what I experienced that day. And so I have to choose right there. Do I allow bitterness to come into my heart where they failed? Or do I step beyond that and say, okay, God, come and Lord, come and be a father through me so I can father them. Amen. 
that, huh? And so, when we're dealing with this now, you need to understand that the idea is not to speak against what people has done to you. Yeah. That's not it. They've failed. That's yeah. it. But now, God is going to refire, relaunch you. And so even though you might be shot into the ground, even though you're a broken arrow, I ministered to a couple in their 70s. And as I ministered to them, while I ministered to them, the Lord showed me a word that was spoken over them, a negative word. And so this couple have tried everything in their life to be successful on every level, but they're failing because of one negative word was spoken over them. Someone was supposed to launch them, and then they failed. And now they're working, they're toiling, they're trying everything that they can, but their life is not working out because they were fired into the ground. They were not released, they were not launched, they were not, whoever walked with them didn't have a kingdom mindset to think beyond that. So, in this meeting now, God comes in and He takes broken arrows, failed arrows. Some people have been shot backwards into the up in the air, everywhere, all, all over the place. So God comes in and He picks up your life, that arrow. And your life, your, your arrow comes into the hand of the perfect marksman. And then Jesus launches you. And so, when we speak about activation, activation is Him refiring, relaunching you. So you're sitting here and you're saying, well, I want to prophesy. You were supposed to prophesy by now. <laughs> you were supposed to pray for the sick by now. You were supposed to be there by now. But those that walked with you failed. And again, I need you to understand that they failed because their leaders failed. Their fathers failed. They did their best. They failed. And so don't look at them now. Don't allow bitterness to come into your heart. Yes, there's been a delay. Yes, it's been a season that you had to go through stuff. But now you can stand in the presence of God and He can pick you up and He can launch you in the place where you need to be. His purpose for you, His plan for you. He can refire you, relaunch you. It's not too late. God can accelerate things. And that is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting an acceleration. Acceleration. A lot of us were supposed to be a lot further than we are now. I mean, but with John, you know, there was people, it's interesting your life, because those that were supposed to father you, you're becoming a father to them. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's... it's it's suddenly we're becoming fathers. And we didn't want a father. We, want, we were looking for fathers, looking for someone to help us. And so suddenly God says, okay, now become that. And so in the natural, listen, in the natural, suddenly we have sons that's, that's picking up their own fathers on their laps. And they, they were supposed to be in that position, but now the sons pick up the fathers. And the sons restores the fathers. And so... People can sit now and they can, they can complain about, they can use their past as an excuse and say, I cannot be a mother because I, had, I didn't have a mother. I, did not, I, I don't know how to be a father because I didn't have a father. They can get stuck in that. Or they can turn to God. And say, God, show me what a real father is. Show me what a real mother is. Doesn't mean because they failed, I'm going to fail. 
And then the perfect father comes in and he teaches us. He shows us the way. So it doesn't mean because you didn't have it, you can't be it. Okay? Close your eyes for a minute.